Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's happiest podcast network. Hey everyone, welcome to Bookish. I'm George DeMorellis. Uh, this is a show where we ask you what's your story and what does it say about you. Today on the show, I have a pharmaceutical physician for a biotech firm, Dr. Harsha Shetty. How are you doing, Harsha? Hi, George. I'm good, thank you. How have you been today? <laughs> I'm good as well. It's a very polite way of starting the podcast. Um, yeah. Oh, and just to uh, mention, you're here in a personal capacity, not a professional one. Just want to put that out there. So, uh, you're enjoying yourself. You, what are you up to at the moment? Um, yeah, enjoy, enjoying the COVID uh, sort of a lockdown, to be honest. Uh, it, it's given me a sense of um, space where I can reflect on a couple of things. And, and one of the things that I'm reflecting on is um, trying to read, okay. relate to... Oh, you're just trying to vibe with me right now, aren't you? I know, I know. <laughs> so, you're pandering. We can I know, tell and, <laughs> and then I'm so glad to be here, as in to meet you face-to-face. Yeah. Uh, after a really long period of lockdown, I'm enjoying that people side of things as well Mm -hmm. so that's been great uh works busy yeah 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 i was gonna say so yeah because whether you're working with covid directly or not uh there's a real focus on that element with you guys like as in most times uh i think pharma pharma can get a bad rap and for good reason because some of the stuff let's say some areas of the industry on most occasions yes (laughs) (laughs) it's probably nice to be there when you're like hey look we we are good though (laughs) we do do good things yeah 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 no, I think that that's a, a very um, in, insightful thing in this pandemic. And if probably you would have seen uh, all the companies collaborating with each other and they're technically competitors, but they are trying to collaborate with each other to bring breakthrough therapies and bring medicines, uh, yeah. treating patients and vaccines, preventing illness. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and which is like how it should be, right? Yeah. yeah. I think is, that's the way it should be. I think it's a new way of... Uh, Working, I would think, yeah. 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 So what what like what exactly is your role within the company now as a pharmaceutical physician? So I uh, I'm a sort of a pharmaceutical physician, worked across uh different um areas within the industry, I would think medical affairs, clinical safety and clinical development. And now I'm in the clinical safety, which essentially is a department which looks after the safety aspect of the drugs and if you've seen in the media now, I think it's a lot of focus on safety of vaccines. A lot has been told in the media and everybody's talking about safety and terms like pharmacovigilance and vaccines. So that's sort of where I work, um, extremely right. complex area. 
and uh, extremely cautious and well-regulated space. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as, as you yeah. Know, right? <laughs> so when you're saying that, um, you're not talking about like, are you talking about the safety of the delivery of it or are you talking about the actual safety like side effects and things like that or is that covered within the other area? It's it's both. Uh, it's up until, it's both the side effects and, and as well as um, the delivery in terms of actual administration of the drug. Yeah. Uh, it's both the healthcare setting in which the drug is delivered as well as the product profile side effects as well. So it's both. Right. That's, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. So yeah, you're very relevant right now. <laughs> so like basically um, to, to, to think of the people who, like obviously there's been a lot of, let's say vaccination questioners in the last few years. And the kind of thing they do is like, oh, it's untested. Side effects are going to be bad. People haven't done everything. You're kind of involved in the area, which is like, no, no, we've tested the hell out of this. This is safe. Et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yes, I, I think it's a very hard um, thing to understand for the normal public because a because they have not been exposed to the drug development process in general, and and they are always at the receiving end of things in terms of utilization of the drugs for and medicines. But it's a hard concept to assimilate even for the physicians in terms of what the testing involves and 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 what level of rigor goes through in validating these results by the health care regulators in each of these countries. So at the end of the day, pandemic is different scenario. Mm. Um, it, you're not playing by the normal rule books and, and you need to fit, the per, fit it to the purpose and the demand that's there at this point in time. Mm. Uh, if, you if you look at how the drug development works, it takes about uh, 10 to 15 years to develop one drug in, mm. at different phases. And what we are trying to do here is to bring the milestones forward um, and working across different phases in parallel rather than sequential. Right. And, and that's, what is that's what I mean by uh, bringing the milestones forward. And, okay. And, 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 and that's where the companies come in because these companies are operating in a way that it's at risk for them by having multiple phases. And as the data is evolving, the next phase of the drug development is already being started. And the manufacturing is started at risk. You don't know if the drug works or not, but they're manufacturing at risk because it's it, it's it's what is happening at this stage in pandemic. Right. So you're saying like as in uh, it's more you're throwing out, you're developing it, you're going through the milestones faster with the real risk here is monetary essentially because like you could lose, well, not money, but kind of monetary is in like all this could be a waste because we're doing it like at the same time and it could actually be like, in a normal case, you would take five years because you would realize a lot earlier where you screwed up and then you wouldn't keep going. In this case, because you're doing it all at the same time, um, yeah, you, you, you're, losing, you're risking yeah. losing money or whatever just like on these trials going ahead where they wouldn't have in a different time. Different time. <laughs> and, all, and also, time. it's the clinical need. Yeah, and, yeah. And what's the clinical need is at this point in time, what's the unmet need is. And I think what's happened in pandemic is also that the different stakeholders are being involved quite early, like health healthcare regulators and different bodies that evaluate the data are kept closer to the data. And it's been probably done on an ongoing basis so that everything is fast-tracked mm. and, and the drug reaches the patient or the vaccine reaches a, a, a person in a very fast manner, fast-paced manner. So right. that's probably what the goal is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to come out of this pandemic as quickly as possible. Yeah. So, so, um, so to go hand in hand, what you're saying is it's not rushed. Standards aren't lower. It's just, I mean, it's not rushed as in in terms of 
badly rushed. It's rushed, yes. We're doing everything faster, but it doesn't mean the standards are any lower. It's so, a risk-based approach. Uh, that's what the framework would be. It's a risk-based approach in terms of what the risk is, uh, what level of risk is acceptable, uh, how much benefit is balanced against the risk. Yeah, It should always be that the benefits outweigh the risk. Yeah, 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 exactly. And yeah. I guess that's where I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. And, and maybe you can help like explain it because I'm genuinely intrigued. In, like, I kind of think I know <laughs> how it's all done. Uh, it's, it's a little bit hard to understand in terms of uh, what the amount of work that goes behind the scene because A, uh, it, it's a complex process and the B, it's not out there open for everybody to understand this unless you are in the industry or at least closely reviewing the process and the policies around it but like if someone wanted to know they could go look it up as absolutely well, right? yeah it's yes, not like absolutely. it's hidden in that sense yeah yeah it's absolutely just it's just what you call it uh bureaucratic stuff which is just a bit annoying but yeah you could go yeah. look it up if you wanted to yes definitely yeah, yeah. and it's also looking at the right resources in in terms of the right set of uh, right websites or right <laughs> yeah, right places that to be look clarified as well uh, because yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean don't go on Reddit <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah okay yeah um so we will go to the book stuff but I just want to hear a bit more about this um in terms of the trials right uh so the so let's let, I don't know if you want to pick one but of these trials is it you just inject a bunch of people with it after you've done obviously the prep and you've made sure i'm talking now we're at the human trial point which obviously people might already be like oh that's when the testing starts but actually you've been testing the whole time how it all breaks down everything works so you would already you're not going to human testing without a good assumption that it probably works (laughs) like right like no absolutely i think uh everything has been uh is when i say regulated the, the concepts that you just described how we move into human trials from animal data or, or primate data into human trials are all guidelines-driven and, and data-driven and science-driven. Mm. If there is no scientific rationale to prove that it is safe and efficacious, there wouldn't be any progression to any phases of human trials. So that's the nature of it. And it's all based on the evidence. Mm. So it, to, to answer your question, yes, there is a solid body of evidence that drives a molecule from animal to human phase, which is very rigorously evaluated and uh, uh, approved to progress into the clinical trials by the regulators. Yeah. And then at that point, um, I guess when you do the trial phase, I'm guessing you try to get the broadest demographic possible just to test it on everyone of different (laughs) cultural backgrounds, different ages, different medical conditions. So from the start or do you kind of start off with a healthy cohort and then you start with the healthy cohort and and that's how it works Uh, in the phase one trials you try and unless there's a disease aspect uh, where you're evaluating and it's unethical to test on a healthy volunteer Mm -hmm. you always try and do the healthy volunteer study and move and and establish the safety and then move to the disease patients but so what what's the definition of healthy i guess is my first question healthy is basically as in in a very layman term the body is working fine so that the right all the attributes of the drug are validated in humans uh, but uh, but you, when you say healthy though as well that that is older people and younger or is it a focus on younger people it's it, most trials are conducted in uh between 18 18 to 60 or 18 to 55 okay yes yeah, so, um, yeah. that's where most 
trials are being conducted uh, at least in the initial stages mm. before they branch out into elderly and uh, pediatric as special yeah. subpopulation studies mm. uh, but yes uh, in the clinical trial environment it's it's quite controlled in, yeah, yeah. in the way you choose people so with um, so so with let's go the corona thing just because like i really want to be able to basically i want to be i because I, I even had the thought for a moment that's why i'm aware of this 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 mode of thinking where you're like oh maybe i'll wait and see how the us goes or how europe goes before i take the vaccine because that way you've got the biggest population size possible to assess its effects and that was my first thought but then i was like wait but that's still dumb because these guys have done the trials on these people from a year ago now they have how long they've been going and they've already done the broad spectrum of everyone i assume so could you like give me a bit more detail am i correct in thinking that like as in you're not going to get anything for waiting an extra month but like, but also add any- how long is the wait what's the concept of wait i don't know is it their family is it their friends or is it uh certain number that hits in australia i don't know what I that love is how, like I, I really do, you're being right now i, I really don't know because are talking. It, well know? That, that, i guess that's my point so um and that's kind of why i want to understand the process better because if i was let's again i'm going to think of my possible head straight is my mom greek mom lovely but she's just like oh maybe i'll wait just like see how everyone does a month or two and then maybe i'll take it just to make sure there's no side effects in the community um so that would be what they say they're like oh i would just want to wait a bit longer just to make sure it doesn't impact anyone but again, I think that's because they're coming from the position of not seeing the trial side of things and just how, because right now we're like, it's now been probably a year since the first people were had phase one sure, trials. There are millions of doses being administered across the world as we speak. And I think because of the speed in which the vaccination has gone uh, and the amount of vaccinations that have been administered, it, it's a known case that the new side effects will crop or you'll become aware because that's the that's the life cycle of any drug as in when you it's been exposed to new set of patients new set of side effects evolve it's the same as uh, how you take a paracetamol for fever it's been around in the market for like so long but that's the journey that that product has had you know i mean it at some point that was a new drug and the side effects kept evolving and then people started discovering new side effects as well so that's the nature of how it works but at no point would anybody decide that you should take a knowing that you are at risk at more risk than a benefit you yeah know? yeah yeah and, and that call will always be made by your doctor or a physician who is administering the, the the medicine to you and then that's my point as in you can wait but then you're also not looking at the benefit just because you are not infected is covid better than a side effect i don't know it's an individual call oh man i think everyone just set up being able to get on a plane <laughs> travel overseas i'll take any side so, effect so so yeah <laughs> i, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a call but i think in australia i think it, uh, there's a lot of focus on i that that's what i see in general media and also on certain groups that i follow that there's a lot of focus on communication and there's a lot of communication uh, with regard to vaccination and very very transparent discussions on uh communicating the safety side of things uh, both for laymen and for physicians or general public and physicians we've gone on vaccine which is you probably get drained on this all day don't you whenever <laughs> you say your job everyone's like tell me everything i know which one's and- better <laughs> <laughs> no, no that's true because uh you you're actually re- reviewing the as in carefully looking at the data in a different lens because you're closer to 
the process mm. uh, but people do tend to ask these questions um cool well, okay let's let's get i haven't gone into you at all i've just gone <laughs> completely straight to this topic which is it's very relevant because i feel like the rollout is it happening right now or is it i, I think week? it's it's already happening oh, started already happening now yeah, so yeah um so anyways okay actually you know what let's do the book and then i'll unpack yours because i want to hear more about your history but uh your book of choice for today is yes my book of choice today is this book called mindset the psychology of new success uh, by written by this stanford psychologist by name dr carol dweck yeah uh, so this is the reason why i chose this book is is because um there are very few books where you kind of go back and refer and this is one such book where you kind of go back and refer as well so uh that's one reason and the second reason is because i think the way the format of the show works i think it's book is a starting point to sort of tell your story so this is kind of what i relate to in terms of the book building the mindset and and then being open to new things and new experiences like what we're having today so uh that's sort of where i'm coming from so that's why the choice of the book ah you rigged it i can do it with any book you don't need to make it for you <laughs> we'll figure it out no matter what um but let's let's so to understand that though uh the book itself mindset mm-hmm. you're saying you've gone back and referred to it so firstly i guess what exactly the a quick summary of the book in 2 seconds is like so so uh carol dweck's like uh carol dweck's, uh, dweck's thesis is that um there are two types of mindset growth mindset and fixed mindset and she basically argues that um the intelligence and talent although it's related to genes that we carry are not uh, carved in stone it's not a fixed number and it's a developing aspect uh, by influences from different environments environmental exposures and also different experiences that we encounter and basically uh, she argues that if you have a fixed mindset you tend to have a sense of urgency to prove and prove all over again and validate yourself but when you have a growth mindset you're looking at new experiences new learning new growth um and that's uh, that doesn't sort of bottle you into any sort of uh uh space and you it helps you grow so it, it's across different aspects of life and she talks about different things and different uh, uh environments like business parenting friendships love uh, and the book is also solution oriented it tells you sort of uh, how to have this mindset i i don't think i've gone that far but then she argues that just being aware of the mindsets make you evolve in in the right way so right yeah. um so i guess so so it's actually quite a simple like idea to start off with because it's just these two mindsets she's saying that's what kind of exists the growth one and the fixed one yeah that's what she and, says yeah and fundamentally it's actually not about um it's about basically one do you have a mindset which is static or do you have a mindset which is looking for new things and open to new experiences is that does that kind of yes right 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 yeah okay and yeah. and it, does she have like a theory about like so i say this a lot um like I think genetics is such a big factor in that. You know what I mean? Like as in like is let's let's actually let's not be too simple minded. Genetics and early stage development from childhood. I feel like those two factors are just so far outweighing anything else in terms of 
where you end up with that stuff, I guess. That's, that would be my, that's my knee-jerk thought. I completely agree. Uh, genes and early development uh, is definitely takes you a long way. But if I have to put it in Carol Dweck's words, she says something like, um, the cards that you're dealt with is just a starting point. And it's not the end point. It's not the uh, the born smarts finish smart, but it's also how much they put the effort in de- in developing new things. So that's sort of what she argues. Um, so, some are definitely gifted. Genes play a huge role, but uh, she argues that it's not just the genes. It's about exposures, environment, and the effort that goes in. Um, I think that's what we miss when we see all the successful people. We think they're gifted. It's not effortless success. It's always effort-based. And I'm sure people are putting more hard work, even though they know that they're gifted. And that's what differentiates people. Yeah. Um, that, and that's what, she, that, that's what her argument is. Right, right, right. See, and I, I guess like to go into, to, to put it in that perspective, what you're saying there, see, I almost think that the ability to work hard is still a gene. <laughs> so you might not be a genius. You just work hard and you put the hours in. But even that is something which is in you, which some people have more so than others. So like some people find working hard easy. <laughs> and it's hard work what they're doing, but the act of working hard itself is easier for some people than others. And that's where like I do find True. a bit of… It's relative. It's yeah, definitely yeah. relative. And I think it's it's something which can be cultivated. Hmm. So it, it's not that you, it's all or none. Either you have it or you don't have it, but it can be cultivated. Yeah. And more we cultivate, more we move the needle to where we want to. So that's sort of how um, she simplifies it. Yeah. yeah, in one way. No, no, different. Yeah. That's yeah. A, yeah. Um, uh, well, I had a friend of both of ours, Rahul Kanaron, a while ago. And since then, I've actually gone away and read a bit more philosophy as well. <laughs> and... Um, I mean, the first guy who was doing this was Aristotle. Two and a half thousand years ago, it was basically him saying, we don't have these good habits, but we can cultivate them over time to become part of ourselves. Like yeah. They were saying this 2,400 years ago. He's literally like, yeah, the human beings aren't born bad or good. They're born with the ability to be great. Yeah. But then what you've got to do your whole life is essentially try to build the habits which make being good an unthinking process. But at the start, you've got to think about it. <laughs> Co- <laughs> do correct. You, yeah. Do you- and, and from the school days uh- – I, I, it's interesting that you say that uh, from that Aristotle and, and the philosophy is that people are not born either or. So one of the things that the quotes that stood with me for a long time is from my school where uh, I, I went to this boarding school in India um, and it's uh, it's under the education system and the philosophy driven by Swami Vivekananda. And he's a, he was a monk um, from India um, who felt that there needs to be a change in the education system and and he had certain philosophies and what he essentially says is education is the manifestation of perfection already in man and you're born with these perfections and education is just a process of unraveling it and removing obstacles to come forward and it's a it's a good philosophy to hang on to at least it's worked for me and, and that's what this uh, sort of driven me to uh, with this book as well so there are a lot of parallels that you can draw with concepts such as that and the mindset that um, 
Carol describes, or Dr. Dweck describes in this book. All right. Actually, so, so what, what was that guy's name? Swami Vivekananda. Swami Vivekananda. Is, does he have a, a book or something? He has many books. I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think the best one to um, refer to is it's it's complete works of Swami Vivekananda. It's a very popular book, um, and and uh, he's uh, very popular even in the US. Uh, he's known for his great oratory skills. He was one of those um, monks who traveled um, and, and then. Um, preached about the education system and the philosophies that he believed in yeah okay yeah. um so with so let's let's take a step back now that you've described that actually because i do want to hear a bit more about you um you're you're born in india i was born in india right and you grew up there uh it was a big family small family uh it's a it was a nuclear family uh, uh and uh, me and my sister uh parents mom and dad and my grandma we lived all together where which where in india uh it's we lived in different parts. Uh, my dad and mom worked for a bank, uh, which required us to move different cities every three or four years. So we lived in different cities. All right. Uh, and uh, after a certain point, when I was probably 14, is when I went to the boarding school that I was referring to. And um, yeah, I sort of completed my education there and so- did my medicine and uh, oh, yeah. all all at the same school. No, uh, I did my high school there in the mm-hmm. school, uh, which was more of a philosophy based education system. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I chose to join medicine, did my medical training, um, and yeah, right. And then you moved to Australia. So moved to Australia in 2014. Uh, up until then, I was in India practicing um, as a pharmaceutical physician, working for um, different companies at different points. Uh, the same thing what I do here, mm-hmm. uh, I was doing it there, and we decided to, me and my wife, we decided that we need to explore more, move countries, and have more varied experiences, so we chose Australia. Oh, really? So that's why you did it, just for the... Yeah, it's it, it was not out of any other motivation other than exploring and um, uh, just exp- living in different country, different oh, cultures, absorbing different cultures, and... and exploring so it's become a home now um, and uh, i have a four-year-old son and and that's what has anchored us here uh, but initially i think the goal was to sort of move and explore right so that, i guess uh okay yeah because you both you're probably relatively comfortable living in india like you you had a good job you had so there's no concern there of moving for absolutely no opportunities no. or anything. yes yes for you it was purely a case of uh I mean, I, I guess I'm just showing. I hope I'm not sounding like some colonialist. <laughs> but most people, when they hear of the immigrant story, uh, yeah. a lot of the time it's like, oh, you know, looking for better opportunity and stuff. But you were just like anyone here who goes overseas. It's like you just want a variety and see something new. Yeah, exactly. So uh, very comfortable. Uh, uh, I was very fortunate to be uh, in a family where they provided us good education, a good financial support from both me and my sister, who is also a doctor. So there was a good education system and we were pretty comfortable. Mm. Uh, good jobs. Uh, my wife also had a good job. So it was all fine. We she's lived a doctor in, as well? She's a doctor. Ah. She's a colleague of Rahul, by the way. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> so, and uh, uh, we uh, did did good there. We lived in a very metropolitan city, uh, a very global city. That Which way. one was it? It's Bangalore. Oh, Bangalore, okay. Um, so it's, it's got a good uh, mix of both... Um, Everything basically, um, everything was fine. 
So we felt there is the need to explore more, move countries, and just have those experience of living in another country. What it what it means to uproot ourselves from there and be somewhere else. Yeah. Um, just grow with experiences. So yeah. that that's what made us move. Oh no, hundred percent. I think yeah. it's a good part of if you can do it. Yeah. Um, it's great. And it's also the timing. We wanted to do it at that point because you don't know when what how settled you will get in in the course of your life and we felt that was the time to do it yeah um yes opportunity was a factor it has to be a good opportunity and a balance of things um definitely we wanted to progress our career in the way we were progressing there um uh, but the trajectory would i mean my f- colleagues and friends probably they're doing the same as what i'm doing here uh, but then uh, my goal was to sort of explore and be in another part of the country yeah yeah of yeah, course. I mean, yeah. It's always going to be both. Yeah. yeah You're yeah. doing the statistical likelihood. What's the fail rate? What's the degree of uncertainty? You're doing the works. So I get it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. So, yeah, have you, so you've always had that attitude. I guess this actually ties in with the growth thing, which is very sneaky of you to pick a book which ties in so well. <laughs> no, that's my story of life. So seriously, that's the... Uh, I wouldn't say... It's sort of what, I, what you pursue innately uh, to just grow. And I think the school kind of influenced me to sort of pick that path. I'm probably very atypical that way. Um, back when growing up, I think a lot of wise people around me said not to choose the field I'm in now. Uh, typically, you get trained in medicine, you choose clinical practice uh, and see patients and that's where you grow. Uh, but I was a little sort of different that way. I chose the business world and developing medicines and then uh, impacting health on a large scale basis rather than an individual patient basis so so really i'm I'm the real hero here <laughs> <laughs> so uh it's different it's a different trajectory yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's it it's uh, based on what motivates you uh, so the, here i am yeah right and is that because also um just to, like understand that as well like obviously uh maybe maybe you did just look at it purely from a statistical value point of view and you're like i'm impacting greater group of people but also is it a case where that stuff kind of appealed to you more just in terms of like measuring data and doing calculations and trying to find good uh measurements you just preferred that more to the human the necessary 
GP activities and stuff? Or to, to be honest, well? to to be honest, I had no clue this world existed when I was doing medicine. Uh, fortunately, I had good mentors who kind of exposed me to these a side of uh, medicine, and uh, I think it's it's actually I think the key figure who kind of exposed me to this. Uh, clinical research and pharma- pharmaceutical medicine is my dad actually so he uh, when i was preparing for my entrance to choose a specialty uh, he said i know you are studying very hard but try and look at this you can do this in parallel and it might help you so uh, i took up a, a, a diploma course which taught me everything about drug development and it kind of fascinated me how uh, how much depth and 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 the work that goes in and the impact that you make and i was exposed to all these people who became my mentors who kind of showed how fulfilling it is to be part of developing medicines which can impact thousands of people at a large scale more than thousands millions of people (laughs) uh, thousands if you're working a rare disease but then (laughs) millions of people trillions of people uh, uh, who are suffering with this disease so they showed me that how fulfilling that path is. Uh, and I took up a job just to test it for one year and to see whether that's my cup of tea trial, or not. Trial job, yeah, yeah. And then I said, yes, this is where I want to be. And then um, I, did, I, I, I quit my job, did my advanced training, which is relevant to pharmaceutical medicine and came back into the industry. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, so I guess that's, that's interesting you're saying that, right? Because you're, so your dad, probably he felt like this would appeal to you as well is that right uh, he was a very cu- he, he's a very curious person and mm-hmm. then he has a, a, he had a very good network for friends who kind of showed him what different aspects were i think it it, it ideally should have been me completed my medicine and i should have gone with my choice but then it was probably him exploring more than me uh, which kind of helped me uh, go oh, this, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. help help me in the clear direction that I'm in. So it kind of tied in well, um, uh, and the curiosity again, uh, just to be curious and, and know different uh, things that are happening around. Uh, it just helps. Well, I mean, and like that's what I mean, because it's funny because, uh, like, first it sounds like where you've ended up is the more banker mentality of health in a way, like as in it is more like yeah. It, technical and data driven and stuff like that rather than you know the gp side of things and it sounds like that and there's nothing that's ultra useful so it's just interesting that your dad was like i know harsha i think he's gonna like this more from me doing again what a dad huh? <laughs> 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 just asking all their friends and i, I, I think what- they all wanted me to take up clinical medicine mm-hmm. and this was just to fill in that gap which uh which I mean, in India, when we study medicine, we are technically not earning like people here. When they train um, in medicine, in internship, they're actually earning. In India, you don't earn until you finish your specialty training. Oh, really? Our parents have to fund the full... That's crazy. ...for the entire time. Uh, up really? until we are 26, 27, we are still sort of taking... No, you don't get any... No, we don't. Uh, not, not every institution. Uh, if you're lucky enough to be in a good institution, which pays you well, you, you're good. But uh, the amount of doctors that come out, uh, you need to sort of choose your choice, make your choices. And uh, on most occasions, you're sort of living from your, with your parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he felt that why waste that time when you're preparing for your entrance? Just have this diploma completed. It might come of use. 
he and he didn't know the potential oh he didn't okay. uh, and it was very early in india at that point in time in 2006 when i got the job i remember my boss telling me the work that we were doing we were the only 14 people in india who were doing that work <laughs> and uh, that cool. was fascinating i yeah. was like I-, i felt i was being part of something unique so mm. and that passion still stays on with me even now yeah so is that like um That's an interesting point as well because obviously uh well I mean when you talk about Asia in general and its growth over the last 20 30 years um and its slow shift now as you're seeing away from obviously manufacturing and stuff to more diverse and higher technical skill things um I guess farmer is not something I'd ever really thought about with that stuff but obviously that would be hugely there um so how's India now in terms of the global stage for pharmaceutical based things and all that I think if you look at manufacturing uh, I think um, India I I don't know the figures at the top of my head because they are contributors to one of the big contributors to covid vaccines mm-hmm. uh, they are major contributors and and uh, to the covax facility which sort of ensures that there's equitable distribution of vaccines so they are big contributors to that and outside that I think um, the way I feel is in early 2000s is when um the technical side of things the pharma specializations uh, started becoming slightly popular because these were outsourced from developed countries to india in terms of uh, having their offices set up across the time zones first take advantage of the time zones and also utilize the medical specialty skills that are available in india right and that's probably the wave that i caught on uh right which helped me come uh, come across people and mentors who were mainly from global companies giving me that global exposures so it made my transition easy to even travel yes because it was like a wide open yeah it's classic blue blue water sort of blue ocean whatever it's called exactly so it's uh, it's just that initial exposure which helped me um so yeah because when you say that's the other point though because when you do talk about that time difference essentially what you can do as a company if you're able to actually do it is be working 24 hours a day that's exactly the model just switch over that's exactly the model so nonstop teams take a break our, our team used to sleep in the US uh and and the India would start when they sleep so it's basically ma- taking advantage of the time zones and being more efficient mm. with the data and how we spend our time on data yeah that's that's yeah that's, that's amazing actually that's crazy mm. um That's cool. So so uh is your so your sister's a doctor as well? My sister is a doctor as well. So she's a dermatologist practicing in India um and uh, so is her husband. So <laughs> okay. So is it like like this could be like I'm curious was was that like was the idea that it doc, is doctor highly rated as the job is that like kind of the one you want to go for? Like it it is definitely uh, one of the prestigious uh noble profession. You That, that's how Which it is here it's everywhere yeah it's yeah. everywhere and it and the noble profession adds meaning in a develop, in a developed country growing up i could see how much of an impact a doctor makes as in they are treated like gods and 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 they do a lot of social service and oh, they treat people for free um they uh, hold a very a different place in the society and that's the impression that i have uh, uh growing up so you do feel like uh the 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 ro- even though doctors are respected here obviously they're respected everywhere but in terms of the difference in india it's just another level of like 
So it's also the populations and the uh, people having to offer different specialties. So it's it, it's a unique experience uh, there being a doctor, especially in a rural community where I was training uh, in clinical pharmacology. I could see that we used to go in the evenings, just uh, uh, open up a table and there are people walking in with problems and you just treat them for free because they don't have uh, money to get go to the hospital so that's the extent that people can go in terms of uh, providing service as doctors uh, but of course that's not very sustainable for if you want to earn your living yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but then it has to be a right balance you doctors tend to do a lot of service oriented I'm sure they're doing here as well, but then uh, the the need is different in different countries. I was going to say, so that's the other thing as well. So I guess the more developed the country, I guess, even though this isn't maybe always true, but you generally say they're vaccinated, they're living healthier, safer lives, they're probably less rural. So generally the sickness and disease isn't as high in a more developed country. And it's also the population. How do you mean Uh, the population? Just the size? I I think it's the size of the people uh, or, or the amount of population that, come to access medical care uh, versus country like Australia where there is a population is not great in terms of uh, mismatch in terms of healthcare accessibility. So it, it's I think the gap is uh, quite huge that I could see when I was practicing. You would see loads of patients in a day. It's in India. In India, yeah. you're, you're just nonstop, and and that's why. Uh, so there is still a, there's a feeling of scarcity of doctors a little bit. It, it there is there is a mismatch to the doctor patient ratio, which uh, I think there's a lot of effort in sort of bringing up that, bringing that up, especially in the rural setting. Well, maybe if they paid them <laughs> <laughs> while they're getting practice, the parents don't have to support them. I, I think they are doing a di- completely uh, different things. I think this there are systems put in place where doctors are being. Um, paid really well even if they choose to um, uh, stay in a rural setting there are a lot of things that have happened um, uh, but it also depends with, with me I think it also depends on what drives you um, and then what is fulfilling from your end and, and what makes you happy in terms of contributing to medicines Yeah, so that's 100%. where I landed yeah um, yeah yeah I, I totally of, get that uh, yeah. um, which is so important Yeah, <laughs> but I guess like yeah, no, that, that's that's super interesting. <laughs> it's so interesting. Uh, but to go back to that, for actually, because you've said this a few times now about like the best impact, which is definitely true. What you're saying in terms of the greatest number is to be involved in these vaccines or the, any sort of dis, any sort of uh, technology. Yeah, new new. What's the word? Not antidote. New new anything breakthroughs anything breakthroughs. Yeah, being yeah. involved in that is obviously cutting edge. So it's exciting in that sense, and it's also impacting a huge number of people. But also, I guess. I feel like that does, did that side appeal to you more as well? Like, you, like okay, let me put it this way. When you were growing up, were you like, did you like technical stuff? Did you like playing around your computer? Did you like that sort of stuff? Or were you more hanging out with mates and stuff? I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to get a framework on you and which one slotted into your, because it seems like you're well-suited and you really like what you're doing. That's why I feel like, I feel like there's more behind it rather than just the calculation of which one's the greatest benefit. There's also, I actually enjoy this more. You'd get it's, it's more an acquired taste, I would think. <laughs> just, just like uh, it, I wasn't a very tech savvy person growing up. I I was curious, and I did adopt uh, the new things that that come my way very quickly. And I remember being acknowledged for being a quick learner. So that that's who I was, and 
and uh, I didn't even choose any other profession because all along, I mean, although a lot of my friends at that point in time, because of the IT boom in India, a lot of my friends took engineering and computer science and other things. So I was driven more to medicine. Um, so that's that's sort of who I was. But to your question, uh, what appealed to me, it's probably uh, the people interaction, working in a business setup, working in a corporate sort of an environment is probably what appealed to me. It's also probably because... Uh, how my dad used to work. I used to often go to his <laughs> office and sit and see how he there we go. Interact, interacts with people. Uh, maybe, maybe that's, I'm, I'm, I'm exploring this now, yeah, but no, then, just, well, no, I'm just guessing. Um, <laughs> nothing's, nothing's one thing. It, know, it's probably so. true because uh, it was a, it was a good impression that how he handles stakeholders, how he handles uh, people, the people interaction, the customer interface. Um, at the same time, you're doing what, medicine does so, exactly you're in yeah. some, uh, that feeling of being part of something big big uh, but you're also doing it from the medicine point of view exactly the sense of purpose is always there when you're in medicine so that's sort of what my sense of purpose is but at the same time it it also maybe i was driven more to being in that setup uh, or or i craved for that environment maybe yeah uh, that's I, you grew up seeing that as well as being yeah. like the cool thing yeah i 100 percent understand that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You go, like probably that just one factor. I know there's a million. I'm just saying it's fun to hear it's, these it's, other things. Yes, absolutely. It's, I do it's, think it's more than one thing. It's always. probably the first time I'm I'm reflecting as well. So it's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, to go back to now, like, I guess we should do a bit more of the book before we finish off. Um, with mindset, you said that it's got tools and stuff in it that you've gone back to and actually used. Like you said, there's actionable stuff in there. Is that right? It is. It's very solution-oriented um, and, and it's very um, meaning-driven. Uh, so... It always comes back to why you're doing this and what approach you choose. There are little things that makes a huge difference, especially in the environment that I work in, um, which is highly complex, uh, very serendipitous en- environment where you need to be a good listener, have that growth mindset to um, pick up things and even learn and make it fulfilling for yourself and being part of something bigger. So I've always gone back to few chapters and now i'm going back to chapters where um how do you talk growth mindset to kids uh uh, and that's something very relevant to inculcate from a very young age so uh it's it's something which i go back to with with two doctors parents who are happy to move around to another country just to check it out i feel your kids probably gonna have a pretty good (laughs) (laughs) hopefully i guess like uh what what um so first it sounds like you've always been at least like that a bit, like that kind of attitude yourself. Um, when did you first read the book? Do you remember? I think it was uh, maybe a few years ago, maybe three or four years ago. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. And not too long ago. No. It was just in the last uh, five years that I've been reading a lot of nonfiction, which are mainly actionable. Uh, I take recommendations because I do read a lot for living in, in my day-to-day yeah, job. To, yes, it's tiring. Uh, yeah. So I try and pick up the recommendations and make sure that the uh, these are actionable insights that I can implement. Yeah. yeah. It's just funny. So so in your case, um, that's why I like to ask this because I feel some books come along and it's actually like a flash of lightning of something you haven't even considered. But for you, this is more like, this is what I'm doing. This is just giving me more of a framework of who I am already in a sense. True. I think the first book I remember in school being, when I joined school, uh, we, we were given a book to read. And that was called um, 
the man the maker of his own destiny mm-hmm. it's a very small book for kids of that age and and it's like a prequel to this book that i've read so oh, really? it kind of brings back those memories of uh, uh focusing on character mindset and and all those aspects very solution oriented yeah right and is this from the uh, that's the boarding school of swami vivekananda yes vivekananda yes yes yeah. yes <laughs> um okay so yeah so you had stuff back then as well which is kind of just give you the same guidance towards attitude and mindset to yeah it, it, this is more scientific and that was more illustrative for yeah. at that age the younger age yeah, but yeah. this is more uh scientific very robust evidence based yeah uh, which sort of what i generally like yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i can tell <laughs> uh yeah cuz it's just i don't know i've always got this thing about uh uh i feel like everyone loves the idea of neuroplasticity and the brain reinventing itself but i'm like almost a cynic in a way i'm always like i don't know if it's that flexible or <laughs> you know you there's people born who are proactive there's people born who aren't and like there's a gap and like you you got to try and make it up as best you can so i love hearing this that there is flexibility and possibility absolutely i think so and and today is a good example because that i mean i i like to give presentations and and that's what we do at at day jobs that we have but i've never believed to be um, or i've never explored the side of um, being an or- uh, orator or a or a participating in an elocution or a debate of any kind uh, it's always that when i meet one on one with people they say hey you should take part in few things but i've never sort of took that step and and this is like me um sort of trying out from the book you know to sort of so to speak uh, well you're doing well <laughs> <laughs> i think we've done all right. <laughs> so yeah so that's my, that's sort of where uh, my story is so that's sort of what uh, d- drove me to this book which is which is Good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess I think uh, I think probably if I was going to say one of my hang-ups, uh, possibly a little bit, is um, with something like this. With like, uh, I, I guess firstly using the growth mindset. I just don't like. I don't like the word growth in there because it sounds too entrepreneur. You know, like that is that is out, true. That know? is it's all about growth. So, so I just but it really means like a flexible mindset, an open-minded mindset. Is that? Yeah, I, I think it is overused. especially in the in in an entrepreneurial corporate world the yeah, growth yeah, mindset yeah. but what this book tells me is that it's there's a lot of science behind it although people use it all the time we need to know the science behind it to sort of understand what these mindsets are and to me it's more a learner's mindset i wouldn't call it growth mindset personally right i would call it being a learner's mindset having that learning mindset and developing mindset mm-hmm. and not and which which prevents you from judging any experiences or being an open um being open to different experiences basically okay. yeah i got yeah i got all the time in the world that's, it's funny how that's the same word but for me i'm like yeah learner 100% i'm very much a yeah because yeah. that, that could be an issue again because the growth thing it's a you, you see it's this, more meaning driven i i think that two books to me are interconnected one is this book and the second book is um which is very close very close to my heart is uh the man's search for meaning by viktor frankl yeah yeah uh these two kind of are very complementary to me and one book talks to another that's how i feel it uh is one more like this the mindset's almost like a deeper dive scientific backing of the story and- m- mindset is a simplified form of it and and then what viktor frankl talks which is a meaning based uh decision making or a meaning based living with purpose having a deeper meaning 
it kind of is what the mindset uh, does in a very simplified form. Right. To me, uh, more the tools. Mindset's got more the actual more tools, the actual yeah. tools, but then the depth is from the other book. So I kind of now that I'm talking about it, I can see that I can relate these two books that I've read. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. A, yeah that's kind of because it always comes back to that finding the meaning, and then everything else kind of. Yeah. You can put up with anything if you've got the right meaning. Correct. And correct. Yeah, and that you need to know to the whys and uh, uh, and have a deepest purpose of meaning. Being able to have that vision. And vision. And then you take your small steps and eventually things will fall in place as long as you're putting effort and you know the meaning and purpose. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I actually, it's something which I've kind of struggled with sometimes. But yeah, it's that idea that if you're working for something, and even if you never get there, and even if you like, it's like, that's a funny thing. Someone who's got a goal they're working for and they never get there, but they live their whole life sh- struggling as well, that can actually be a more fulfilling life than someone who's kicking back and just having a great time and getting drunk with his mates every day. It's weird that, but it's like, yeah. So that's, that's, how the human that's, brain very, works. that's very nice that you say that uh, because the one of the goals or inherent drives and passion for physicians working in, the, in this industry is being part of breakthroughs. Yeah. being part of something ah. breakthrough in their lifetime of their pharmaceutical career <laughs> which might not happen yeah 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 so you might work on all the failed drugs or you might be part of something very cross sectionally that you would have touched uh, which you wouldn't have seen it make it to the market or patients being part of a breakthrough is what you crave for but the good part is that as long as we appreciate the effort even if you're not part of it and you retire you would have done something very meaningful. Um, that's so. I think that's what uh, that perspective is sort of what you are trying to say. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, yeah. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah, that, that's hundred percent true. Because being part of a big breakthrough would be rare, like a lot of it. So, like, yeah, a lot of people would have this issue where they're like, oh, it, it, almost. Oh, it's all no. All we've ever gotten is a null hypothesis. But it's like you need those nulls to get to something else. True. And if you look at the history, if you take US as an example. Uh, FDA. Uh, I think they have in history they have probably approved fifteen hundred drugs. That's about <laughs> yeah. it, and probably some of which are in the same class of drugs and not real breakthroughs. So being part of breakthrough is what everybody craves for. Mm. But then you don't necessarily sort of touch every aspect. You you kind of you'll be fulfilled if you recognize that your effort is more meaningful than your actual endpoint as long as you're working on making an impact to patients you know so yeah that's such a interesting relevant thing to your field as well yeah yeah <laughs> it's fantastic yeah nice. that, that, that's why this book is so close you're to doing, me in terms yeah, of perspectives you're doing my job for me, but i feel even more <laughs> like it's rigged and you've chosen this book well um okay well look you've obviously thought about it so much already but we do have to probably stop it there um but i always do like to ask do you feel like you've got an in you connections between yourself and the book in thinking about it for this podcast or talking about it on this podcast or anything like that no, there were a lot of reflections that uh, I wasn't aware. For example, <laughs> what drove me to the industry, uh, uh, and I've told this story so many times to people because they they ask me, "What what, what are you doing here in the pharma industry?" <laughs> Very uh, direct, those people. Uh, so, uh, but there are certain aspects in this conversation which definitely have triggered some memories from the past and few things which I think I can connect those dots now. Mm. Um, so, yes, de- definitely. Um, and uh, it's uh, great to have these conversations. Uh, 
uh, and such interesting perspectives from your end as well. Um, I uh, think you're the one providing the real juice here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it was it was really great. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. thanks a lot for coming on. Um, yeah, I guess uh, usually when I've got performers on, I'm like, where can we catch you on Instagram, whatever. But with your case, just I think we'll just wait for this vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah I'll be. Uh, it, it's. It'll be one of those uh, cases where if we come out of this pandemic just being associated with this industry is very fulfilling yeah 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 100%. Yeah, yeah that's awesome well thanks so much for being on yeah thank you very much george thank thanks. you yeah. thanks for listening if you want to help support this show and all the other shows we do here at sans pants radio then why not subscribe to sanspantsplus.com for as little as five dollars a month you could have access to a whole bunch of bonus shows and content once again, that's sanspantsplus.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.